A day after we asked the question, should the Pelicans tank a report comes out that they plan to be buyers this season? Yes, they want to bring in players. So what's the one rule if the Pelicans do make a trade? And we're going to look at the backcourt, which has really been struggling recently. Let's dive into it in the Wednesday edition of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans. Your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday, talking all things Pelicans. We are free and available five days a week, so please make sure Locked On Pelicans is your first listen every single day, no paywall or anything whatsoever like that in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even help you negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Okay, so yesterday we had the show, should the Pelicans tank or not? Should they focus on development? Should they maybe try and sell off some players, right? Also with that, arrest some guys and try and bring in future assets, all of that stuff. Well, now... Trades can really start to happen. 84% of the league is eligible to be traded probably by the time that you're listening to this. A couple months after the free agency rush, we usually have this December 15th date and things go off. It doesn't mean things will happen right away and I expect the trade market to be kind of quiet for a little bit and usually really ramp up in the you know two, three weeks, week of the NBA trade deadline. But now trades can happen. So get on those trade machines, have some fun, try and create some deals for the Pelicans because it sounds like they want to be competitive, chase the play-in tournament, the eighth seed, what have you, and get into the playoffs this year. This is coming from Jake Fisher, who is a very credible reporter, in my opinion, and says they plan to be a buyer this year. Okay, sure, I can see it. We talked about it at the end of yesterday's show. If you haven't listened to that one, please go give it a listen of, you know, why maybe it is important to try and win basketball games right now. If you're trying to kind of fix things with Zion, try and have him, you know, regain some trust in the organization, winning's a very, very good way to go and do that, right? If you're trying to show Brandon Ingram, you can win here, a place, you know, here, right? He's never won in the NBA so far between the Lakers and here. He's, you know, he's he's an all-star level player. He's playing great basketball right now. You want him to avoid any sort of like a wandering eye for other teams, trade requests in the future, show them you can win. So going forward, I think could be a really big thing. You've got a lot of young players that are struggling to grow, trying to kind of create a culture of winning around them could be a really important thing. There's a lot of reasons to really go and try and win basketball games, I think. Is it still the right move? Remains to be seen. And you could argue that tanking and you know going for development and going for a better draft pick You know, um, one of those guys at the top of the draft, Holmgren, something like that could make a lot of sense for New Orleans. But there are at least valid reasons why you shouldn't. And that sounds like the way the Pelicans want to go. And look, part of this is probably driven by a little bit of desperation, right? David Griffin has got to be feeling the heat. If he isn't, 
I don't, I don't know. He should be, right? Like, definitely should be. And so, because of that, maybe he wants to make a trade, you know, kind of similar to Dell Demps, like, always trying to almost save his job, right, and just make short-sighted trade after short-sighted trade to win and try and get into the playoffs, even when that wasn't the right move. Maybe that's kind of what David Griffin is feeling, too. So, Jake Fisher says they are buyers. Okay, I'm fine with that. But I have one requirement when it comes to what the Pelicans should do this season when it comes to trade. Buy away. Trade trade those some of those future assets. They're not doing good, you know, how you've been using them so far. So cash some of them in, I think. What you need to do, though, is not trade for an expiring contract player. Not trade for someone who can leave after this season. You need to trade for someone who will remain on the roster beyond this year. Because I'll be honest, I don't know outside of a guy like De'Aaron Fox or one of those big, big, big name players, if there's anyone that they're going to get, and I don't even know if De'Aaron Fox is truly realistic for them, I don't think there's anyone that they can go and get that would be the difference maker that gets them into the play-in tournament, and let's assume Zion doesn't play this year, and that he's going to be out longer than anticipated. I don't think there's anyone they can go out and get that kind of makes up for that and kind of overcomes where they stand right now, which is the worst record in the Western Conference, the third worst record overall at 8-21. and I can't imagine there's a player out there that they're going to realistically go and get that turns their fortunes around that much. Makes them better, yeah. You know, but... While they're they're not horribly far out of contention for the play-in tournament, you know, they're five games, four games back in the loss column, they're three games back in the win column. There's nothing that says this is going to turn around anytime soon, and this team has looked flat out bad, partially because the guard rotation's been bad, and that's why when I've looked at trade targets for the Pelicans, and we have a number of shows on that, well... It's mainly guards because that's the area that they need help. But you cannot trade for someone that's going to bolt because if you trade for someone, you give up future assets, you don't get into the playing tournament and they leave. That's just a bad look for New Orleans and a whole bit of bad front office work. So they, if they trade for someone, it's got to be someone that's going to be here next season as well. Ideally a season after that, but I'll take just next season. And so it contributes a little bit more long-term than just chasing the play-in tournament right now, which may be a fool's errand at this point. But certainly, if they're going to make a move, it's for the backcourt. And so we're not going to talk about trade targets in this episode. Again, go look at some of the past episodes of Locked On Pelicans. Let's look at the backcourt right now and why they're they're struggling and kind of assess the situation we have there. So that's going to be coming up next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Stance. I recently ordered a bunch of Stance socks, and these things are absolutely awesome. They're fun. You know, they've got pop culture de- uh, designs on them. I've got Pelicans socks now. I like to show off my personality. I always have some fun socks on in the office. These things are comfortable. They're very well made. They're super soft. They're going to last a long time. And I just genuinely enjoy wearing Stance socks. So founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. I'm a huge nerd. So I've got Batman socks, I've got Star Wars socks, and of course, 
Pelican socks. They have socks for pretty much every single NBA team. They also have Major League Baseball. They have other, you know, fun things as well. So whatever kind of you love, you can probably get them in a stance sock. And they're also just awesome. These things are so comfortable. Like I enjoy wearing these things. So Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in and that those who feel good do good. So go see for yourself. Register for an account at Stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase when you use our promo code locked on at checkout. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Use that promo code locked on over at Stance.com. All right. Thank you for listening to Locked On Pelicans and making us your first listen every single day. We're free and available five days a week talking about the biggest stories with this team. No paywall, just Pelicans talk Monday through Friday. You're not getting that anywhere else, really. So please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star review with a comment and tell a friend. And for your second listen, check out Locked On Saints with host Ross Jackson breaking down every single thing black and gold. So we just went over. It sounds like the Pelicans are going to be buyers at the trade deadline. We've got a rule in place for that. They should probably target a guard, too, because honestly, the guards on this team this year have been terrible. To quote Charles Barkley, terrible, right? You know, it's it's not been good. Now, admittedly, it's slightly hard to judge some of these guys without Zion. There's just very clearly a giant hole on this roster that's kind of the key piece to all of it that makes it all work. He's not been there, so it's tough to try and evaluate anything when it's built with him in mind and any move they make, any player they have, kind of in the roles that those guys would fill is built around Zion in mind. But still, this is bad. The guards have been bad. You could argue it's the worst guard rotation, the worst backcourt rotation in the NBA, I think. You know, there's quality guard play all over the NBA, all over the NBA. You have guys that you can get that can, can contribute, can can help you in some way, even if it's very limitedly. The Pelicans don't really have any of that, right? And no one has been a, vi- a good or a credible offensive threat whatsoever. And in fact, They don't have one guard averaging over 15 points per game and only the Houston Rockets are the other team that doesn't have something like that. That's not great, right? And it's kind of compounded by the fact that the Pelicans have given up assets to acquire these guys. Garrett Temple and Tomas Sadoransky were in the Lonzo Ball trade. You're not going to tell me that that second round pick was kind of like the the key part of that deal. They, They wanted these guys. You didn't have to get those guys. You could have made this work in other ways or just not done a trade with the Chicago Bulls and said, screw it, right? You didn't have to do that, but they did because I'm assuming David Griffin wanted Garrett Temple and Tomas Sadoransky. Sadoransky's been just flat out bad when it comes to offense, right? Garrett Temple, not been good either. He hits a couple threes here and there, but they need more than just a spot-up shooter. And so that's been bad. They've both been bad defensively too. That hasn't helped things either, but those guys, woof. I've been very disappointed in the play of both of them this year. And then you have Devontae Graham, and honestly, he hasn't been much better. He's a negative on defense, especially because he's undersized. And you can say he shouldn't be a lead guard, a role he's kind of thrown into right now. But he'd also been that in Charlotte and succeeded at that role to a degree, right? Not amazingly, but he was okay as kind of their lead guard in Charlotte for a little bit before being supplanted eventually by... LaMelo Ball. So he's capable of doing it, I think. Not the role he's best suited for, but still, you should be getting more out of him than he is, right? But even then, 
you know, you traded a first round pick for him. You gave him four years and 48, 47, 48 million dollars. And he's shooting from three, 34.6%. That's not going to, you know, that that's a him shooting thing, right? Like his looks are open. Again, pretty much every three-pointer a guy takes in the league is open. They're rarely actually contested because guys won't take contested three-pointers. They get blocked. And you don't want that. So if you think it's going to get blocked or contested well, you, you, you just put the ball on the ground and drive or you pass. So most NBA threes are open. Like 90-something percent of them are. So if you put Zion out there, is much going to change for him? No. He's just not knocking down his shots. He, you know, for a guy that was brought in to be a shooter that you gave up a first round pick for, that's a bad look, right? You know, and even as he hasn't been the lead guard and Brandon Ingram's kind of been the star guy on offense and Brandon Ingram's assist numbers have gone up and they're letting him play make more. He's been bad. You know, Willie Green recently talked about trying to get Devontae Graham going and specifically drawing up more plays for him, but that didn't work because the problem is he doesn't score well inside the three-point line. He doesn't finish at the rim. So it's not like you can draw up something to get him going downhill when he's just not good at scoring at the basket, right? You know, you can draw up threes for him and that's it. But he's missing those. So I don't know what it is they can really do to to get him going, right? Like he doesn't move much off ball and he's just kind of a, a catch and shoot guy. That's your outlet. That's really it. You know, I've seen people say that maybe he should be the sixth man, but there's nothing to say from his play right now that being the sixth man would be good, right? When you look at him right now, when you're running out Valanchunas, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, those three guys are ahead of him probably in like the scoring pecking order right now, I think. Then you have Herb Jones, who at least works well off ball, but you're looking at Devontae Graham at your fourth or fifth option within this starting lineup, I think. It's not much different than if you were the sixth man coming off the bench, to be perfectly honest. And so that hasn't done much, right? So I've been very disappointed with his play, both offensively and defensively. And then you have Nikhil, right? Like, you don't want me to read his numbers out loud. They're bad. And I'm, I'm at a bit of a loss with what they can do with him. You know, he almost needs to kind of retool the way he plays. His three-point shot is bad, and he takes way too many of them, and sometimes way too early in the shot clock. He's got to cut that out. And, you know, he's really the only guard that's capable of putting pressure on the rim, and he's just so inconsistent with it. Like, I, I, the, his style of play hasn't changed, and you know they're talking to him about this. So I don't know if it's maybe you put in some sort of rule of like you can't take a three till you've dr- like tried to drive and score at the rim two or three times and then you can launch a three, Nikhil. But other than that, it's rough. I'll be honest. Like he's got to try and just do something different and he doesn't seem capable of doing that. And look, you know, if you want him to try and be a pure point, he's not the decision making like really isn't there and he's been a disappointment this season so when you look at these guys and don't have much faith in them and I don't right now like I don't know if Nikhil is ever going to work out he might right Temple might not no, sorry not Temple Graham might just be your spot up shooter that's a useful guy to have that's on not a horrible contract you know it's, I, I wouldn't say it's as amazing anymore as it was when we thought what he was capable of doing you know, you do need to trade for a guard and you probably need him to be here next season because I don't know if you can go into next season trying to rely on Nikhil Alexander-Walker again or Devontae Graham again. So getting another guard that's here beyond this year, I think could be a really important thing for New Orleans. So being a buyer and kind of doing some of your free agency right now, knowing that you're not going to be a big market, a big team in free agency, isn't the, the worst thing to do. All right. So coming up, 
There you go. That's that's the guard stuff right there. They need to make a move. I want to talk about the Spurs game a little bit from the other night because that game was was very frustrating to me. And I want to talk a little bit about what I saw and kind of like how to view this team and what's going on with them to a certain degree. So that's going to be coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season long. More odds, props, and lines than ever before as football season continues its march towards the playoffs. Call it bowl season. Sorry, it's basically here. And we've got NBA games every single night. So Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your free money right there. Whether it's basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on. On all of your favorite sports, bet online where the game starts. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. These things are deliciously good. They're healthy for you. It's the best of both worlds, and they have so many delicious flavors. You're going to have a tough time really trying to figure out which ones you want to try and buy, so get a mix box. You can get two of each of their nine main flavors. Are you going to love raspberry or mint brownie the most? What about cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? Built Bars are awesome. They're just going to give you that extra fuel. I eat one of these things every single day for lunch. They taste amazing. I'm looking forward to eating these. Some of them are light. They're airy. They're not dense. They don't feel like a brick. They're like no protein bar you've ever had before. So whether you need something to help fuel you during the holiday season, you want one before or after your workout or for breakfast, Built Bar is great, and you're not going to mind eating these things at all. And in fact, you'll start looking forward to it, and you'll be trolling that Built Bar website built.com to see what special limited time flavors they have there so go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and get 15% off your next order again that is promo code locked 15 for 15% off over at built.com all right thank you for making locked on pelicans your first listen every single day we're free and available on all platforms five days a week monday through friday breaking down everything you want to know about the team and now for your second listen go check out ross jackson and uh, the host of locked on saints talking about everything black and gold so on Sunday the Pelicans lost we didn't even talk about these games due to the Zion news and then talking about whether the team should tank or not but that loss to the San Antonio Spurs was a little frustrating right they ended up losing by 15 in this one with when really just the team tanked in the fourth quarter they were down one at the end of three and then lost the fourth quarter 29 to 15 where the wheels just fell off like no one could do anything for the team in that game Um, they shot five of 22 one of seven right they had one assist in that compared to six turnovers guard play like guard play they also really need these guys to be better defensively right you saw everything that san antonio was doing in that one they were led by two guys Derek White and Murray, like those were the guys that just decided they were going to light up New Orleans, play better than them. And when they took over in the second half, this game got away from the Pelicans. And those guys aren't like amazing, right? Derek White, who is an above average player at best, 24 points on the night, nine assists, eight rebounds alongside four steals. Just too easy right? They were running him and Jakob Pertl in a high pick and roll, and it just destroyed 
New Orleans. I tweeted out at one point, like, oh, this is a very winnable game for New Orleans, that they go to lose by 15. It was winnable, not that it was close, but that it was just very clear New Orleans only needed to do like one or two things to really disrupt the San Antonio Spurs and they were going to have this one. And they're completely incapable of doing it. Trying to disrupt that high pick and roll and get any sort of play from your guys to really go out and try and score. And they could have won. But they're just not there. This team looks lost at times. Basketball IQ and how many times have we brought that up around this team, right? It was frustrating. Like That was frustrating because it was just so obvious what the Pelicans should be doing, what they need to be doing, and they just could not go out and make that happen. And Willie Green even tried to adjust a little bit, more so than he's been doing. He hasn't been perfect this season. Just kind of shows you this team's got like so far to go. And even with Zion back, I'm not sure with the guard play the way it is that things would change very, very much. So... Disappointing loss, you know, despite a good game from Brandon Ingram. He was great in this one, 27 points on the night. I love that they finally wanted to really go to Valanchunas again. 17 points, 12 rebounds from him. Josh Hart, who's been outstanding this year. They just need other other guys to step up, and they're, and they're really, really not getting that and knowing what they need to be doing. And, like, just incapable of it. Like, it shouldn't have been hard to kind of blow up White and what he was doing, you know, in some of the like good, it good enough, good ish young guys that the San Antonio Spurs have. So, very frustrating game that really puts into perspective, I think, kind of where this st- team stands right now. Also, should make you think more about the tank than maybe trying to play. But it was a winnable game, I think, if they had like one more good guard. Like, I don't know if an above average guard would have helped a ton. You need someone good there, and that's what the Pelicans should be looking at on the trade market, and that's why the one rule is make sure we have them for next season. That's going to be a really important thing, I think. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. Game tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Please don't lose. Like, please don't lose. I don't have to yell tomorrow because we will if that's the case. So thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. Now for your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, free and available on all platforms. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.